In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. I think I'm all settled now. Let me make sure this mic is turned off. Ah, I think. We got it now. So we made it, y'all. We made it. We've traveled through John chapter 6, and today is the grand finale. I have enjoyed walking along the seashore, listening to Jesus as one of the crowd members. We have been reminded over and over again that Jesus is the bread of life, the only one that can satisfy our hunger. And today, the story continues in Capernaum, a fishing village, the hometown of Peter and Andrew, the home base for Jesus's ministry. And it's also this place where the rubber meets the road, where Jesus asks a really hard question. We hear in the story about many of the disciples who were troubled when they thought that they must eat Jesus's flesh and drink blood in order to have true life. It makes sense that they were troubled. These words were hard to accept. The thought of eating flesh and drinking his blood was disturbing and shocking. The image would have been upsetting to the Jewish audience who heard Jesus's words. Pagans ate flesh with the blood still in it, but not the children of God. The first thing we hear from Jesus this morning is them, him telling us, those who eat of my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Of course, these words are familiar to us. We're not rattled by any of them because we enjoy the Eucharistic meal every week. We come to the altar, we eat as a family, and we enjoy the foretaste of the heavenly banquet. We eat the bread and drink the wine so we can be in communion with God and with each other. But for some of the Jews listening that day, It didn't feel comforting or loving, but for us, it feels like home in this place, in this worship, in this place of worship. Speaking of home, have you ever been homesick? Maybe as a young person, you went to sleepaway camp and felt a little homesick. I've worked out at Camp Weed several years as a dean and um, as a nurse. I'm not a nurse. I just played one at camp. Um, And oftentimes I had to give the little ones who really miss their mamas and daddies a mom hug at the end of the night. We even had orange little Tic Tacs that were our homesick pills. I like to think that college, or I think that college students also might miss the smell of their closets or the aroma of dinner simmering on the stove, or perhaps the elderly miss home. They might miss their collectibles gathering dust on the shelf and just long to be at home. Or perhaps a deployed soldier may miss a quiet afternoon with their family. And do you know what the cure for homesickness is? Going home. 
Although after my sermon this morning, Mark McManus, who is a retired commander set me straight and he said Sarah do you know what the real cure for homesickness is what we would tell the our guys out that get deployed I said what he said get to work (laughs) but Jesus tells us this morning those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them When Jesus tells his disciples to abide in me, he is inviting his disciples to be at home in him, to remain in him just as he is at home with God. The home Jesus is talking about is a place of safety and comfort, a place where Jesus has done all the work. A place where we are, we are dethroned and the Holy One of God is on the throne. Even still, these words were hard for many of the disciples. They might have said that day, Jesus, it's been real, but I'm out. You have crossed the line. And then Jesus turned to the original 12. You don't want to go also, do you? You don't want to leave. And good old Peter, the spokesperson that we all know and love, he speaks up. Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and we know that you are God's holy one. As I read this and I tried to put myself in the story, I wondered what disciple I might be. Would I be part of the many who turned back, or would I be like Peter? I'd like to say that I'd be like Peter, but in all honesty, there have been times that I've wanted to turn back. I've asked myself many times, Lord, what in the world are you doing calling me to this ministry, to holy orders, to this really hard place? Lord, anything but this. It's just too hard. And then I thought about my younger years of life as a teenager. I loved walking through life with Jesus. I longed to know more about God's awesome love for me. I was energetic and I was eager to make a difference in the world. I fed the hungry at soup kitchens and I went on mission trips. I studied the Bible and sometimes I even led devotions. And yet, as much as I was on fire for God, when I graduated high school and started college, I didn't darken the doors of the church for quite some time. At that time, I felt like Jesus's words were just too hard. The crazy thing is that I still believed and I still walked away. I never said I didn't believe. But I certainly was not wearing the armor of God that we hear Paul talking about in Ephesians this morning. Yet, it was my belief in Jesus that eventually led me running back home to the arms of Jesus, to the Holy One of God. Last year, I read a story about a fella named Malcolm who accompanied a film crew to India in order to narrate a documentary on the late Mother Teresa. 
He already knew who she was, of course. He knew that she was a good woman or he wouldn't have bothered going. And when he met her, he found a good Christian woman who was also very compelling and loving. And so he titled his documentary, Something Beautiful Before God. But when he remarked to Mother Teresa on the fact that she went to Mass every day at 4.30 a.m., 4.30 a.m., she replied, if I didn't meet my master every day, I'd be doing no more than social work. During my theology class, we read a ton, a ton. And one of my favorites was a piece by Mother Teresa called, Come Be My Light. Many of us know about her great work, ministering to the poorest of the poor, caring for the sick and the dying, and the people that no one else wanted to care for. But in this book, she shares her deepest struggle with her belief. And yet, we know that it was her belief and the Holy One of God that brought her to Mass every day. We know that it was her belief that brought her to God so that she could gain strength and be nourished by the precious body and blood of Christ. It was her belief that sent her out into the streets of Calcutta in the midst of her very own struggles to do God's work. I'm guessing that you are here today because like Peter, you have come to believe in the Holy One of God. The Holy One of God has changed your life, has comforted you in times of trouble, or maybe has even blessed you beyond measure. You are here because you have found Christ has the words of eternal life, or maybe You are like one of the many who are struggling to accept and believe those really hard words of Jesus. No matter where you are, Jesus, the Holy One of God, is inviting you home to abide in him. We began our journey five weeks ago with Jesus feeding the 5,000 Do you remember that day? The disciples telling Jesus, the eternal baker, they tell the actual bread of life that there was no bread. And Jesus takes that little boy's lunch and feeds and nourishes 5,000, filling their bellies until they were full that day. And then the bread of life goes on to explain that he is the bread of life. He says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And today, today, Peter announces that he finally gets it. When Jesus asks the 12, do you want to leave? Peter says, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. In that moment, in that very moment, Simon Peter realizes that despite the hard words and the really startling images of eating and drinking Jesus' flesh 
and blood. Despite that hard path, he turns home. He turns home and he is ready to give up control in order to go home, in order to remain in Christ. Peter believes and announces that Jesus is the Holy One of God. On that day, Peter answered for all of us. There is no other way. Jesus alone has the words of eternal life. We can look anywhere we want, but Jesus calls us to be home with him. And the moment that we choose Jesus, we choose to eat Jesus's flesh and drink Jesus's blood, and we abide in him and he in us. We choose life. We choose eternal life. Maybe we can turn over control and trust that we are loved by the Holy One of God who feeds us and nourishes us with the holy food and drink. When we can accept the love of God that is nothing but pure grace, love flows from us and we love each other. It is my hope that you will meet the Holy One of God today. I hope that you will hear God whisper in your ear, I love you. I hope that you will find God in the words of the Nicene Creed, or maybe in the Lord's Prayer, or perhaps in the prayers of the people, or even in the songs that we sing. But most of all, I hope that you will know how much Jesus loves you. Know that the Holy One of God, all that he requires of you is that you believe and come home and abide in his presence. Amen.